I'm Ted Baker, and this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 67, Off-Season Editions. We get ready for scrimmages and Alumni Weekend, and uh, we look toward that 2024 season. We're joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Uh, always good to talk lax with you. Welcome back. Yes, sir. Thanks, brother. So what's going on right now in terms of uh, team preparation? Obviously, we'll talk about the scrimmages coming up, but just uh, off-season routine this time of year. What are you all doing? Uh, yeah, we... We're approaching this week and trying to simulate as much of a game week as we can, Ted, just uh, getting uh, um, getting these guys in the mode of what, what Saturdays should look like, you know, and increasing that intensity that we feel like we had a year ago and making that that Saturday a more special day for our guys. So we've 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 focused on that this week, but also throughout the entire fall we've we've created um these pockets where we watch film we've we've labeled certain days to be our quote unquote heavy days where we're playing at game speed uh those days that are more concept teaching and a little bit lighter and then you know what a what a, what a saturday supposed to look like so you know we are doing our best to stay as healthy as possible that's a big focus in the fall, as I, I've probably said redundantly on this podcast, but you know we need to be able to push at a maximum level and also still recognize that it's the month of October and um, we want to uh, keep the same players on the field. That's the only way we really do gain the momentum that we that we need. So um, the week has been about routine, stacking great habits, um, increasing the ability. Uh, or our ability to play at the pace that we'd like, to set the tone that we'd like, to win as many of these individual battles on the lacrosse field as we possibly can. So, um, you know, we're we're in a position now where I think our guys are very ready to play another opponent, Ted. I think they're very ready to uh, to see a different color jersey. And um, with, with the chippiness that the practices have had and and – um, we still we get to this end point or close to the end point in in the fall where you can tell guys are just you know sick of playing each other to the point where you know that extra checks coming in or that extra chirps coming in or they you know the the competition segment is has grown into um something a little bit more so I think we're ready we're ready to play another opponent excited to do so and of course it probably helps a little in your preparation that by now guys are kind of settled into their academic routines a little bit compared to the first couple of weeks of school you're still getting used to where you're going when as far as classes and things no oh, yeah I mean we we said this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. We feel like this September and early October has been more of a fire hose than those in the past. You know what 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 happens year to year is that there are more requirements for these guys and and all of these college students. Um, more things they need to do in order to be class ready, but also in order to. Uh, um, handle protocol, the the educations that they need, the trainings that they need, whether it be Title, title IX, DEI. Um, I mean, the list really does go on and on. And then, you know, what we ask them to do from a program standpoint, all our academic non-negotiables, our social non-negotiables, all these things. I mean, um, we, we promote the uh, the toughness that a young man needs and resilience that a young man needs in order to succeed, but it's a lot for them. And they're, you know, they're that month of September is gnarly, man. It, it is. They they got to be in two places at once um, for those first couple of weeks. And 
You know, I think if you if you were to talk to a grad school student or a senior versus, you know, a first year athlete, obviously they have very different perspectives on that whole scenario. But still, it's a lot. You know, you come from the summer, whether it's internship, um, a job, hanging out at the beach, uh, spending time with your family, and then you get thrust into a fall season, uh, an academic schedule. Uh, you know, and all those examples that I just provided, um, it takes a while to to start to stack those habits, to have that routine. So um, we we can't focus more now daily on, you know, training that present mind, making sure that everybody's on our field uh, mentally when they're there physically and making sure they're there emotionally when they're there physically. So it, it does take, you got to provide a grace period. You know, we can't, come in blowing our whistles, screaming, hooting and hollering and saying, let's go, you need to be perfect right now because we're asking them to be excellent in all of these things. And so um, that grace period we think is in a, it, you know, almost over in, in a good place. You know, we're, we're in that scenario where we're ready to now be in a groove, know who we are, earn an identity and, and perform well on Saturday. Do you talk specifically to the first years when they come in about balancing this? I mean, going to college is a big deal in and of itself. You add in preparation for athletics, and and you have to. There's a lot of discipline just in setting your daily routines. Oh yeah, you know we we need to perform best practices there, Ted. We speak to them constantly, uh, but it's not it's not so much. Hey, you got to be here. You got to do these things. We need to execute the week. And so we put together a, a 168 calendar, which is, you know, encompasses each hour of every week. And our young men, not just the first years, the whole team will put down on paper where they're going to be hour to hour of each day. And um, we believe that 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 mode of do what you say you're going to do, Ted, is a ton easier than, you know, um, wanting to be somewhere or saying, yeah, I want to work on my stick or, you know, I have to, I have to improve my shot. I got to improve my footwork and da da da. It's like, great, put it down on paper. And then when you read it on Tuesday at noon, you'll go do it. And so um, the balance of it, it's, it's kind of a funky paradox, really. You get to college and, and you're busier, but you have more time. You know, the, the, that high school routine is start in the morning, you end in the afternoon, you go to practice, Mom makes you dinner, then you do your homework. And, you know, that repeats for four years, you know, and then you come here and it's like, okay, I got a three hour gap between my morning class and this afternoon class. I mean, am I twiddling my thumbs and, you know, knuckle deep in my own nose in my dorm room, or am I taking advantage of that time to make sure that all the reading I need to do, the papers that I need written, the studying that needs to be done, isn't just handled in the evening because, you know, after Coach Raymond's practice, I, I'm a little bit grinded down. And then also is my uh, my preparation of my skill set, you know, the edge work that I need to do to make sure that I execute practice well. You know, we we have to teach that discipline of, you know, keeping things sharp mentally and physically so that when I blow the whistle to start practice, we're ready to execute. We're not we're not going through all the things necessary in order to execute. So our stick work drills are high paced 
They involve our offense. They involve our defense. They involve our clear. They're not just about you passing and catching. So, you know, get, making sure those skill sets are set before that practice is important as well. So you have your strength and conditioning. You have your hydration. You have your um, your nutrition intake. All of those things. That That's a complicated day, man, and it's a complicated week. So um, when I talk about culture, Ted, and how much we work on it in the fall, this is what I mean. It's being able to sacrifice for the betterment or the best version of yourself, which in turn creates the best version of our team. And that takes great routine. It takes excellent balance. And again, that that phrase I keep using, stacking those excellent habits. And so um, we need them to put it down on paper. It's a color-coded calendar per week, and we ask them to execute it religiously. And then tell us about each team at Hobart and William Smith gets help on the academic side. I forgot what you call it. Is it a faculty fellow? Yes, we have our faculty fellows. That's one area that, or one avenue of assistance. So Richard Salter, um, you know, our uh, our longtime faculty athletic fellow, Craig Talmage, um, who's been with us now for the last five, six years, I believe. Um, these are great resources for us. And, you know, th- those those gentlemen provide more of a time management help, a um, in, in assistance with better knowing the professor who's teaching your course and, and you know, what what uh, what angles to to basically find a good groove and give you that liberal arts feel that you really want that's where those two are great they they help our guys take advantage of what a small classroom what an intimate learning environment and a relationship rich education actually looks like you know so we talk about these things recruiting wise we don't want to be full of crap. We want our guys to come here and go, oh, okay, this is this is why I chose the place. And then Richard Salter and Talmadge, they're like, okay, these are the pockets that make the most sense for you. And so they get to know individuals, they get to know their study habits and all that good stuff. But this new study mentor program we have in the CTL department, our, our Center for Teaching and Learning, uh, there's, there's an athletic study mentor scenario where um, basically – uh, an athlete can go speak to another athlete about, you know, a problem set, writing a paper, uh, studying for an exam, yada, yada. So we we have um, three in particular, JT Anderson, Will Corbett, and Nicolais. Um, these are three athletic study mentors just on our team that are in our CTL department that, that are there to just provide help and assistance for anyone who needs it. So, but these are grownups, Ted, we treat them like grownups. If they don't ask for help, they ain't going to get it. And so, you know, one of the biggest disciplines we need in order to receive the proper assistance that this educational process provides you is having the fortitude to ask for that help and to go seek it. But it's everywhere here, man. And we've got some great, I mean, Dean Mapstone, another guy who you know well, Ted, is is monumental in our academic success. So, um, you know, lots of places to go get help. You just got to, you got to be willing to go ask. You got your fall scrimmages coming up, and we always say the primary purpose isn't winning. It's to look at what you've got to try some things out, but you really can't tell that when you look on the field. No, I, you know, I think we, we've we expressed that um, that that same sentiment or ideology already, Ted. It's, you know, but we're, well, we're honestly or, or truthfully in that place where we are more persistent or want to see more as coaches. Um, and we want our players to be on this same page. We want to see a message sent about the pace we're willing to play with, the tone we're willing to play with, and how personal 
our individual matchup looks like, like how personal we take that ability to dodge hard with the ball, the ability to defend the ball, the off-ball matchup, Ted, of is this guy going to front cut me or am I going to play great off-ball defense? We we need our guys to see that the process must be set first. And that's the great thing about fall scrimmages is, Ted, I'm not you know going to tell you that as the head coach of this program that I don't want to go to bring him in and win both of those scrimmages. I'm not going to tell you that um, because I do, but I'm more interested in winning them the correct way. And if we, if we're working on all of these uh, bits and pieces to our identity, uh, all we've talked about is the right way to train that dog this fall. Uh, I mean, what the standard really looks like for a disciplined team, what the standard looks like for a tough team. And I'm going to be very disappointed if we win those two scrimmages and we don't set that tone and we don't set that pace. Um, I'd rather flip that. And I do really believe in my heart of hearts that if everybody's invested in that process, that process of identity, that the outcome will take care of itself. And so if we're, if we go in there outcome driven, we're we're just we're not going to perform at the level that we'd like to. I, I know that. And but if we can become part of what the process of identity looks like, then we're going to be able to reach that identity in the spring. But this is the first great test. Do you go in and say, I want to win two scrimmages? Um, no, not out loud. But our guys know me better that we ain't going anywhere to lose. Uh, but at the same time, can they actually listen? and focus on the things we're asking them to focus on. That's that's the important part. That's why we've been talking about standard detail till we're blue in the face this fall. And um, if our guys do those things, I, I can assure you that as coaches, we're going to be pretty pleased. I know you've looked at the videos a million times. Have you identified one or two things where you look back at last year and go, okay, this is why we lost the games we lost, and this is what we have to change? Absolutely. Standard and attention to detail. Absolutely. You know, we the, the hierarchy of our family, we thought from Coach Raymond first down, did a poor job of adhering to standard and what drives our discipline, what our cultures formatted on. We didn't play that way. We played for the outcome. Did we play hard? Sure, we did. We had great guys. Ted. Michael Christensen's a terrific young man. Mark Sinat's a terrific young man. Bobby Baltzer. I mean, these are great players and great people. But from a standard perspective, we did a poor job. We did a mediocre job, which results in a mediocre season. When standards handled correctly, when it becomes important to a young man to turn his cell phone off in a locker room, when it becomes important to take his hat off in a building, when it becomes important to sit in the front row, to say please and thank you, to hold the door for somebody. These sound like such easy things, but they don't happen anymore. Respectful driven lives or lives are, are not are not part of a process right now. They, they just aren't. And if you give a young man an inch, they take a mile. They say, okay, well, you know, am I going to do these things just when Coach Raymond's looking? Or am I going to do these things when Coach Brundage is looking or Coach Fish? Or I'm going to do them because I believe they make me execute my day better. That's that's what we didn't do a great job of a year ago. You know, we we need to make sure that in one goal games, discipline's winning that game. And discipline goes into toughness, Ted. You know, the routine that you need to be a disciplined human being is a very hard process. And it's easy to neglect. 
it's easy to let go. But if we can do it daily and reach that standard daily, you know, maybe five and eight is seven and six, and we're playing in a conference championship game. That's the difference in the four teams that make that conference and the one team that wins it. They make less mistakes. They're focused on the details. And so last year we just weren't, and uh, or at least not enough. I know that. My fault completely. So when we came back, we told our men, listen, it's going to feel elementary. It's going to feel maybe minute, and, and you're not going to want to – fully buy into what this means. But if there's one person that has their toe on that line, we're starting that sprint over. And if there's one person that doesn't just touch their chest to the ground when we do that burpee, we're starting those 25 over. And if there's one person that ain't in class, if there's one person that turns in an assignment late, if there's one person that has a hat on in the library, we're going to take care of it as a team. And um, we, we've we spent enough time on that, not, not as much as we need, but we spent enough time on that to – send the message Ted, that this is why we feel like we underperformed. If we have the talent, we have the guys, then as an underdog at Hobart, we've just got to train these guys to think differently. And the margin in the Atlantic 10 is so thin. I remember looking back among the teams that were in the hunt for a playoff spot, almost every game between those teams was a one-goal game. So you talk about, you know, fans might say, boy, does it really need to get that detailed? Uh, It does if you're in one-goal games all the time. Absolutely. Look at the teams in that tournament. You know, how winnable is that UMass game, Ted? And, uh, you know, we can't figure out that that small hump, you know, does uh, does injury impact the season? Sure. You know, we we've been through that before. I mean, I can break down the list of all the guys that contribute on game day for us and tell you who's injured. But that's not how we do things here. One guy goes down, the next guy goes in, and he pays attention to those details. But in that UMass game in particular, that's a winnable game. You know, how how winnable is that is the high point game? One or two plays here and there, you know, the, the St. Joe's game. You know, we have the ball. Uh, the high point game, we have the ball with 18 seconds left on the clock, opportunity to score and tie and bring that game to overtime or um, and win that game in overtime. You know, we have a five-goal loss to Richmond, and a Hobart Statesman scores four goals for them. So, um, you know, these these are all very winnable scenarios. Now, whether or not we can figure out the toughness to get to that point um, is yet to be determined. But I can tell you, our, our men are very angry and the chip on their shoulders growing with all of those tiny inches you just spoke about, Ted, that we didn't win, that the other team did. And I think that's what's driving our discipline right now. Let's talk about Alumni Weekend coming up, and we'll start with uh, you kind of changed the the way you did things as far as postseason awards and everything. You combine now, you look back at last year, and then you bring the first years in so they can get a firsthand look and, and meet some of these old guys and hear some of the stories and go, okay, now I see what they're talking about with the tradition. Yeah, you know, it's the uh, that that's the senior farewell banquet, that first year welcoming banquet. It's um, you know, there there's some there's kind of some hidden agendas in there for us. We um, one, we love to let the dust settle after the season, you know, because if if you're talking about a young man that's provided four or five years for you, and all that's at the forefront of your brain is a five and eight season. 
you're not going to honor that person correctly. You know, you need the dust to settle and and bring them back for their first alumni weekend where they can play an alumni game. And then, you know, as coaching staff, we have the time to look back and go, all right, let's really talk about all the things that Marcus Trujillo has done here. You know, let's look back at Mamadou's career. Let's look back at Kevin Holtby's and, you know, not just be superficial in, well, this is what happened this month. It's like, yeah, but he was here for four years and he committed to this thing for four years. And did it go the exact way he thought or we thought? No, it never does. But that doesn't mean we didn't do excellent things together. And that doesn't mean we didn't have tremendous growth together. So we love that time to pass in order to honor these men the correct way. And they also want to have a weekend where, you know, they're not bogged down with a certain agenda that they can just let loose. They can just talk, speak freely, you know, and just smile and have fun. That That's that's what we want the weekend to be. And then on top of that, when you can reflect back on an entire career and you've got a whole team, current roster, that's still competing and playing for championships, they get to hear these messages of the four- and five-year athlete that no longer has the opportunity to compete. And that is an... That is that's a powerful entity in itself, Ted. It's like we're speaking about guys that probably have some a little bit of regret and would trade places with any of these guys on the roster right now in a heartbeat. I, I guarantee it. Yes, that whole senior class, you know, you got your job, you got your apartment, you know, you got your freedom, you got a little bit of money in your pocket, you know, you can, you know, take a Take a guy's weekend if you want, you know, go out to dinner, blah, 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 all this stuff. Would you trade and come back here to a man? I bet they'd say yes to a man. So we need our first year class in particular to hear about the gains that these guys made, the growth that they made for four years and what a four year or five year journey looks like as a Hobart statesman. And that's going to motivate them, going to give them the energy and strength they need to head into a strength and conditioning season and to put more persistence and focus into what this journey this year in particular can look like if we focus on it. So that, that, the, uh, that whole banquet is, you know, it's great. It's great for just the celebration purposes, but we also have a little bit of an agenda we want to accomplish as well. And also at this point, you've been here long enough that, that some of your early players, they're into their lives now and all this stuff we talk about you know, off the field, being good men, good husbands, good leaders in their community. Uh, you're starting to see that now with these guys. That must be pretty rewarding. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the whole reason for doing this, Ted. You know, honestly, the uh, uh, the competitive nature doesn't ever go away. I mean, they're, you know, game day is still the most stressful day of the week and the year for me, but um, stressful in such a good way. But you're right. The, the purpose is much higher. It's It's you know, convincing these guys that, you know, life isn't going to be fair for you. you. You really do have to, you know, put your chin down or and, you know, take one foot in front of the other and push forward. Like, you know, life is about resilience, perseverance, and, you know, not avoiding these unwelcome truths that, that all humans do, but approaching them and dealing with them, right? Being problem solving in these moments of mortgages and, and kids and marriage and 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 the job and the boss and, you know, working on a Saturday, work, whatever it may be. You know, Ted, you know that, uh, you know, life throws wrinkles at you. Um, on, it almost seems on purpose sometimes to test you. So we love to see that. And if you think about it now, this is year 11. 
So some of these guys have been doing that real world gig for a long period of time now. They're very set in these standards. You know, we've been to my wife and I a couple of weddings so far and, and, you know, know that uh, the, these, these cycles of relationships are growing and this and that. So I love to see that it's, it's the best part about this weekend. It's the best part about this job really is um, after four years, seeing how it becomes 40 years um, very quickly. But um, yeah, these are, uh, these are impressive young men. Ted, I can't wait to have them back. I can't wait for our guys to see how successful they are and, and also how balanced they are in their daily life. What are some of the other things you have planned for the alumni weekend? So first we move we move that alumni game to Friday night, which I think is pretty cool. We've we've never we haven't done that since I've been here. It's a it's a 7 p.m. game on Friday. Um we figured we instead of the golf outing that day, we do the game that evening, you know, give our alums that can play in that game, maybe a little bit more time to get to campus instead of, you know, golfing at 10 a.m. on Friday. Maybe they don't have to take that whole day off of work. And, you know, as Ted, as a, as a young employee or a new employee at a company, taking a Friday off I mean, doesn't usually go over great. But um, so they um, they can get here, take their time. We play that game at 7 o'clock. After that 7 p.m. game, um, we go to, you know, the world-famous lacrosse tradition, um, one of the best places to go after a game, at, you know, in the world. Um, we go up to Ronnie Cedar Inn and um, got the place all set for the boys and, and their families and got some food for them there to celebrate that alumni game. Uh, the following day, we'll get up uh, 10 a.m., uh, shotgun start at Clifton Springs for our golf outing. And uh, right now we've got about 50, uh, 50 spots taken, got room for about, you know, 12, 15 more. And, um, you know, depending on uh, how many golf carts we can get and all that stuff, but we want to pack the thing out. So, you know, and that's not just for alums, that's for our players, their parents, alumni, friends of Hobart lacrosse, you know, whoever wants to come, Ted, and, and you know, pay for that golf outing and help our purpose of fundraising initiative, we want them there. So um, as long as they behave, of course. But um, we'll golf all day there, um, have a little bit of a reception, and, and uh, yeah, you've got some some appetizers and stuff for, for everybody after the golf outing there at Clifton Springs, that beautiful country club and new clubhouse that um, they've done such a great job with. But um, And then after that, you know, we take a little bit of downtime and then um, all the coaches go home, get their you know, get their wives all gussied up and our guys get their uh, their suits on. And uh, we meet at 630 in the Vandervoort room for a cocktail hour. And we start our presentation around 715. And like I said, talk, honor last season, honor those seniors, welcome our first years. And um, and then we and then we move onward. So uh, a great weekend and one of our biggest or, or, or sorry, earliest fundraising um fundraising weekends that um we do want everybody to recognize that 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 comes back to this place it, it is about there's a portion of it that is about raising money for this program this year and um all the things we have in place for a huge um fundraising campaign that we've put together with our development office for a very great purpose and um we can't wait to explain to our alums why we're doing it and our parents why we're doing it and why why we need these monies and how they'll help us so much but you know we we have a great time honoring alumni catching back up you know, reminiscing about how awesome we used to be and, and what the energy is like for the team going forward. And then, you know, we we add fundraising on top to the whole thing. So a packed weekend that, that we can't wait to have. Uh, last time we talked, you gave us a couple of schedule nuggets. Anything else you can reveal? 
Uh, schedule nuggets, Ted. That's a, uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure how to define that, but the schedule is, you know, pretty much set. I think the biggest thing we want everyone to recognize before our conference play one in this conference, we're going to have a tough year, which was last year because we have three away games and then we're going to have uh, a better year or a more advantageous year when we have three home games. So this year in our conference, we have three games on Boswell field, which is huge. Um, so High Point comes to us, St. Joe's comes to us, and UMass comes to us. And those are three very difficult places to play. And so love having those guys on campus here. We take our first trip to Richmond this year, which we're very, very much looking forward to. And um, at St. Bonaventure. But um, we have Syracuse back on on Boswell Field this year. And um, it's been the first time in a long time yeah. uh, for reasons I can't really define. But we play Syracuse on a Saturday uh, on Boswell Field, and um, we are all extremely excited about that. You know, I think through all the process of scheduling and and um, you know in league, out of league, da 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 da. da uh, it, you know, who knows? We we've lost that opportunity, and uh, we want to bring the first the fish throwers back and and um, pack that Boswell Field. It's Saturday, March twenty third. We're playing Syracuse at home. Um, we play Lemoyne at home, brand new Division One team, uh, the Saturday before March 16th. But the only trick of that is, and we can start to plant the seed now, is March 23rd is the end of our spring break. And so there's still a lot of students that won't be on this campus. So we're going to try to get them back a day or two early um, and get that place rocking and, um, you know, kind of show this whole campus and this whole community what, what a Hobart-Syracuse game is supposed to look like. All right, that's our Hobart Lacrosse podcast. You can find this podcast wherever you go to get podcasts, Apple or Amazon or Google Podcasts. And your official source for all Hobart and William Smith Athletics news is the website, hwsathletics.com. Coach Greg Raymond, uh, best of luck. Always fun talking with you. All right, Ted. Thanks, man.